Jeff Lagerman, Kevin Favor, and Kirk Waltz. Welcome to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. I'm Jeff Lagerman, and we have a full house today. We have that's uh, an Mitchell. understatement. Yeah, yeah. Well, Big Bill makes it even more of a full house. Uh, Kevin Favor, good morning. Good morning, bud. Kirk Walsh, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? And uh, in studio, and we're we're working to get the uh, all the components kind of figured out here. We have. Dave Edwards, who is actually in town. We did a little fishing yesterday. Biologist from Westerville. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. And uh, we were working to have another guest this morning, and we'll see if we can end up working it out. Yeah, so anyway, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful week. We're going to see if we have a guest. We were working to get uh, uh, John Dudley from Knock on TV. And uh, for folks that uh, are wondering about him, he actually is a an Iowa resident now, and he has a show that just started out recently, and... Uh, it's called Knock On TV. It's kind of, I guess, rock on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I first saw the title of it, I was thinking, okay, it's a, one of those deals where it's like, oh, it's rock and roll. It's, what, I'm trying to, Arrow Fliction. Arrow Fliction. Arrow Fliction. The, yes. old, the old Arrow Fliction. Yeah, the old Arrow Fliction with, with the other uh, guest who now has his own show. I don't know yeah, what I, the name of it is. Fear, fear this or something <laughs> like that. And it sounds like I'm going to a, a rock video. Right. Uh, so I first thought when I saw John's show that it was going to be kind of like that, and it, and it turned out not to be. It turned out to be a really, really good show, and it was uh, – he's very humble. He doesn't try to be a megastar. And talked with him on the phone this week, and uh, he was on the tractor. So, you know, he's talking on the tractor, and I'm like, man, I like this guy already. And, <laughs> we're, but, we're, we're kind of tractor people. Yeah, we're tractor we? people. Yeah. In fact, I'll be spending some time on a tractor in the next couple of days, but – uh, we're working to have him on. Hopefully we will. If not, then uh, we're just going to talk to Dave. Yeah. We'll settle for second best. I got, I got one question. <laughs> one question for Dave. I want to know his number one rain dance. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good I, I, I want to see it because, mm. buddy, we need it. Something yeah, you bad. Want to, you're talking because you planted uh, food plots. Yes, I did. Uh, Whistleback? Whistleback. By... By biologic, biologic, which yep. is mossy oaks blend of seeds. Yep, yep, and because it's um, it, it's 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 a blend that's that's really made for birds. It's it's made for for quail, turkeys, dove, uh, mm-hmm. ducks, um, you know, and and uh, I have something really unique, and I don't know about your property, but I have a lot of quail, and 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 we haven't in, in six years we haven't hunted them, you know, so I'm trying to take care of them, and and I was sitting Sunday morning. In, and and last Sunday morning was the last day of turkey season in in Georgia, and let me tell you something. I had covey after covey after covey walk by me, which is so cool. You know, you just don't see very many wild quail anymore. So, you know, kind of doing the research and talking to Bobby Cole with you know with with Biologic, he's like, mm-hmm. man, you got to plant some whistleback. So I I have I've planted a bunch of it, mm-hmm. and and it when you open it up, I mean the fir- your first impression is. It's birdseed. Do you know the stuff that you buy at Walmart? 
Mm-hmm. It, it, it's birdseed. So, man, I planted it right before rain. And, and Is it like Cracker Jacks? You open up and there's a whistle in it? Dude, it, no, it's got sunflower, you know, milo, why sorghum. Would call, why would they call it whistleback? To bring the birds, whistle back. Birds, like birds whistling. Oh, yeah, there you go. To bring the whistle back. Hello. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, so I was telling Dave for the show. That, that that my food plots look like a giant bird feeder because right. they're all out there eating it. <laughs> you know, so I'm not sure that it's going to go. But anyway, I'll, I'll give you guys a report in a couple months. Well, and it's kind of funny. We 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 now have John on the air. Morning, John. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Morning, bud. So, sorry to wake you up. I know you're a little early there in Iowa. Yeah, it, well, it is. I totally spaced the time change, so I apologize about that. No, but, that's okay. That's okay. We kind of gave you a little bit of an introduction, but uh, I, I would like you to kind of uh, give people a little background uh, on yourself because uh, you really got your start in the outdoor industry when it comes to bows. So can, yeah, give people yeah, give people absolutely. a little background on, on kind of how, uh, how you ended up where you are today. Well, it's uh, I guess it's kind of... Just a long and lucky story, really. I mean, just started out being a Mississippi boy that, you know, my, my uncle and my grandfather uh, taught to hunt at a real early age. And to be honest with you, down in Mississippi, you know, they don't quite have, uh, they've got a pretty pretty big abundance of, of deer down there. So, I mean, I think the, I think it's like a deer day for the quota and stuff, so. The first uh, first year I rifle hunted, I shot a couple deer, and my grandpa actually freaked out. He said, you know, I can't have someone down here killing every deer in the woods like that. He only thought his woods had like two deer in it. So, I mean, but they were down there all the time. So he ended up saying the only way I could hunt is if I got a bow. So he uh, got me a little bow, and the next year I came, and that's all I was allowed to do. And so uh, that's how it all started, and then um, actually a football injury. I thought I was a football player, and uh, I got injured uh, really during the summer. That would be my redshirt summer, and I ended up, uh, you know, kind of going through a rehab program. And uh, and then next thing you know, while I'm at rehab, I ended up going to a saw a little sign for archery shoot and pulled over and went in there and and to be honest with you i was you know sports were my life i mean everything i did and 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 almost still do i just i mean if it's athletic i kind of have a natural talent for it even if i'm not real good at it i can still do it Mm -hmm. and i'm a competitive person well at that first you know 3d shoot and that was the first one i had ever seen um i was out of arrows by like the fifth or sixth target into the dang shoot. I know the feeling. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I literally like told everyone, you know, hang tight, running down to the Gander Mountain. I like went down there, bought a couple dozen arrows, came squealing back, and you know, barely managed to finish the course with those. And I just told myself, man, I've never been defeated on a field so bad in my life. So I ended up uh, going to a local archery tournament that had some of those good shooters there, and just started picking their brain and literally you know within two years i had um you know started shooting real competitively and and started doing well locally as well as started working in that archery shop and and uh within about six months i was ended up telling my mom and my dad hey i'm gonna i'm gonna drop this football scholarship 
to go work in an archery shop for four bucks an hour. So that that went over. (laughs) How well was that received? (laughs) Yeah, that went over like a lead balloon. So, but you know, the thing is, just you know, one thing led to another, and and uh, I just think you know, it's really just just a simple recipe of life. If you commit yourself and work hard and uh, and appreciate the people along the way that that teach you things, then you know doors continue to open, and uh, you know doors just continued to fly open for me after that. You know I just competed and shot a lot of tournaments and ended up turning pro at the end of '97, and and that same year um, I actually got offered uh, to come to come work. Uh, at Matthews as an internal rep, and and I worked there for over nine years, and and uh, you know met a lot of great people and had some great experiences, and and then uh, you know just decided to go out on my own, and 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 really you know because at that time when I left too I was you know I was shooting on the U.S. archery team, and and I was traveling internationally a lot, and uh, you know I guess I guess at that point once I left. Um, it really wasn't, we weren't on the same page, myself and Matthew. So, you know, I was kind of up in the air with what to do. And, and to be honest with you, when it comes to like a global, um, leader, you know, there was no doubt that Hoyt was just from the Olympic archers and the, and the, you know, in the world level archers, Hoyt was really the brand. And, uh, you know, so I, I got on board with those guys and, to be honest with you, they were a lot younger crowd. The engineers there were all my age, and I had competed with a lot of them throughout my career. So I just jived really well with the guys in the engineering department too. But so 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 competitive shooting around the world. I mean, so how many different countries did you shoot bow in competitively? Um. Well, to be honest with you, I don't really remember them all. <laughs> really, that many? Um. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, the first the first international tournament I went to was the, I went to the the world championship in uh, let's see the first world championship I went to was in Croatia, and uh, that was a really tough course, and I ended up uh, finding myself in the gold medal match there, and uh, and and missed one arrow and and lost the gold medal to a to a guy from England named Chris White, and uh, I started you know, started actually emailing Chris and stuff and then started going and just shooting tournaments and things over there. But I mean, I've, I've competed and I've won, I think I've won like the Australian national championships. I've won the England national championships. I won another, uh, won another medal at the, the following world championships. Um, let's see, I've shot, I've shot just pretty much everywhere, but the, uh, but Asia, Asia's really not my thing, so <laughs> I don't really uh I don't really go there, but everywhere else I go, I mean my passport's got about two extensions already put in it and it's you know, it'll be it'll be full. I've I think I've done probably seven or eight hundred thousand career miles. Ooh. Well, I see. I was looking at your uh, bio and I also see that the UK was a a, a point of very special interest for you. Yeah, well, actually, what's funny is my wife is from England, so I'm sure that's what you're that's what you're referring to. Yes, sir. Um, but I actually met my wife on a plane to France, and it's 
it's kind of one of those deals where I wish I'd sit down and actually write this whole thing out because I think I could sell it to Hollywood. But we met on a plane to France, and we kind of, you know, gave each other the eye a few times, you know, on the plane. And then when we all got off the plane and got, you know, shuffled together to go through customs, well, she had an EU passport, so obviously, you know, and I kind of got to talk to her for a few times and in line, and then by the time, uh, the, you know, she she went through customs in a breeze, I got pulled to the, you know, let me pat you down club, and then by the time I cleared uh, customs, I'm like, you know, I told my buddies, where'd that blonde go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it had something like, to do with the accent, too, like, didn't it? You, yeah, she thought you were stupid all with your American big boots and, <laughs> you know, like Wrangler jeans and crap, you know? And, and uh, I said, no, I thought she was into it. And they're like, no, she wasn't. She was from Liverpool. She definitely was not into it. And I was like, I don't know. Well, I had the tournament in France, and, and uh, you know, I was like... And actually, that I met two important people that trip. Most importantly, my wife. But um, then on the on the the flight back, you know, we were sitting there, and as we're like getting ready to board the plane, she comes in the terminal, and uh, I'm like, "Oh, there she is! There she is!" You know, and we ended up we ended up getting we were seated next to one another on the plane from France back to England. Wow! Wow! That kind so, of stroke luck. Yeah. We, struck up a conversation and and uh you know it was we got you know we were talking and actually that was kind of that was right at the point where i was actually um you know starting my own business and stuff so i had a lot of you know actually i had a lot of things to talk about cause, well, well we um, we got john we got plenty of time let's go ahead and take a break okay uh okay. here here on the hunt life outdoor show and we're listening to uh john dudley who is a uh, champion archer, also has his own TV show, Knock on TV. And uh, we're going to talk to him about shooting bows, uh, some of the places he's been hunting, and also competitively. And we'll be back right here with the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at them. What they wear speaks volumes as to who they are and where they stand on a number of things from their favorite team or the place they like to eat to what they really believe in. I'm Major Harding, president of Hunt Life. When you see someone wearing a Hunt Life shirt or hat, you'll know some things about them right away. You'll know they're passionate about the outdoors. You'll know they invest time and energy and funds into preserving and protecting wildlife because they care about it. You'll know that they enjoy sharing the hunting experience with everyone they can. And you'll know that, for them, hunting isn't a hobby, it's a way of life. If you're a hunter, it's time you told the world what kind of person you are. Visit HuntLife.com and browse the hunt shop for hats and shirts and decals and more. And while you're there, become a member. It's fast, easy, and absolutely free. And you'll connect with a world of people who share your feelings about hunting. Take aim with Hunt Life. America's number one camo pattern just got better. All new Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak. Six layers of detail give it great depth of field. Twelve years of research give it unequal, effective design. Together, they break up Hunter's outline like never before. Check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Break up infinity for Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. There was the explosion, and I remember 
just opening my eyes and I got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery and what's going to happen next? The Wounded Warrior Project said, look brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. And now, back to the Hunt Life Outdoors show. And there's no better way for us to hear from you than on Facebook. Visit the Hunt Life page on Facebook and ask a, a question, share a picture or a story about your turkey season. Chime in on everything that everybody else has posted also. Come live the Hunt Life with us online at Facebook. And we have our special guest today, John Dudley, international archer. And uh, now, really, a, I guess you could say a TV star. John, you're, you've got your TV show, Knock on TV. And kind of kind of through your history, you started out shooting competitively in archery and traveled the world. So you come back, after you shoot internationally, how do you say, okay, what am I, what am I going to do to make a living with this? Where, where did you go from there? Because, boy, now you, you pick up the latest issues of Peterson's and Bow and Arrow, and there you are. Well, yeah. Um, well, what's funny is I actually started right, you know, I started writing um, in 97. I actually started, my first writing was a, I had like a, a full column um, in like the Target magazine that was really popular for all the shooters. Um, I had a column called The Rookie on Tour. So I pretty much just documented, um, talked about everything that I was doing as a rookie and, you know, what my goals were and all that stuff. And then, you know, and then through that, the you know the magazine people really liked it so that next year I actually had two different target magazines that I were, that I was writing for and again since my since my start came from being in an archery shop um you know I actually worked in in a big archery shop um we did a lot of bows in there and then um and to be honest with you the owner of that place started to get upset with me because I was working with guys too long when they would buy a bow um i'd end up you know really working with them for quite a while and uh he ended up coming to me and saying listen you know when you sell a bow you give that guy 15 minutes you know you you literally get that thing set up make sure he can pull it back and get him out of here and i just said well that's really not how you should run a business and he said well if you know how you should run a business then you need to run your own so like a week later i left and started my own shop and I had that for probably about 11 months before, you know, getting my first job offer within the industry. So the technical background and setting stuff up was was my background. So, you know, as a technical writer, it's really easy for me. And then and then the more and more I got into to shooting, the more I got into coaching. And now, you know, now it's to the point where I don't really compete anymore just because of the fact that you know i write for i don't even know i think i write for like maybe seven different languages um i write in like nine different you know competitive target magazines as well as you know obviously what you guys are seeing in in some of the hunting publications and what's funny is you know i was submitting those same exact articles to these guys for years, but you know, I guess everything's you know politics and stuff, and and you know, unless you're kind of starting to get known in the hunting industry, they just you know they don't really 
have room for for that stuff if you know if people aren't going to recognize you right away so you know it's funny that now i finally you know putting those same exact type of things in that i've always done and now people are biting on them so you know it's 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 kind of really cool but even like for bow and arrow magazine the editor of that magazine is joe bell Mm -hmm. and uh, i've read his book yeah well and that's the thing like his book um you know he worked on that book for a long time and there was actually only a few if you read through it you'll realize there's only a few people that joe really you know trusted with some of that information and and uh you know if you look through there there's a lot of you know photos of me in there and there's a lot of quote pulls from me in his book so i mean you know i was actually you know working with joe and talking with joe as just you know as an archer and as a friend long before he started you know being able to publish some of my columns so mm-hmm. uh it was it's just what i've always done and it's what i love to do i mean if you if you follow me at all you know that i really like to give back um there was a lot of there was a lot of you know key people that taught me things on how to be a better shooter and honestly i think what separates myself from some of the other people well, from especially from some of the other hunting writers out there is my competitive background just because i have been a competitor um and i and i am a coach you know i work with several national teams that i have contracts with um you know outside of the u.s but the thing is i also am not afraid to share everything i know even with even with someone that might be my biggest competitor you know even if i was at a world championship if someone was struggling out on a practice range i'd walk up to them and say hey man you know you should really try this and you know, I think it's really difficult for, for competitors to appreciate, you know, it takes it takes a lot of confidence to just, you know, be willing to give everything you know to your competition. But, you know, when I was competing, I wanted to push myself better and better. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to beat the guy that was the best out there. And if I could, if I could raise the bar of the game, then it would only make me better. Well, I, so I noticed, John. I had no problem with that. I noticed, too, that... Uh from watching a couple of your television shows, knock on TV, that uh, the last two episodes, I, I thought it was, you could see those traits in you on your television show because one show you talked about that critical area you need to aim on a deer, the triangle you referred to. And then in this last show that I watched, you talk about the proper alignment of the body and archery form that making that T. Uh, so yep, you, you can yep. see what you're talking about through your television show, knock on TV. And to be honest with you, we're we're right in the kind of right in the process of brainstorming for our season two. And one the biggest feedback we got was, you know, just showing people how to improve things with the small things because archery is simple. We make it really we make it a lot more complicated than it really is. And you know, and I I my coaching is always super simple because remember I was I, you know I came. I came from Mississippi, you know, I was, I was just a Southern boy that got learned to shoot a bow and learned every single habit the wrong way. And then, and then literally had to overcome every one of those problems to get to the level that I achieved. So now, you know, for me, it's just, I really think it's a God given ability. I can look at someone, make one shot and I can know what's all going through their head. And I, and I also know, 
I answer emails constantly from people, John, I'm really struggling and this is what's going on and you know, and I and I I answer every one of those things and try to help them out. So yeah, I mean I really wanna teach proper archery form because the bottom line is the better people are at it, then they're going to have fun with it, and they're not going to abandon it. Well, John, John, here we are in May, and a lot of people are starting to get that mindset. Okay, you know, boy, bow season's just around the corner. They're looking at buying bows, and they're looking at, you know, going to the range, practicing in the backyard to get ready for the upcoming deer season. Can you give them a couple tips on what they should read publication-wise to make them better shooters in archery? Yeah. Whether it be magazines or books, you know, what do you recommend? It's kind of a loaded question. Um, Just because um, there's definitely some people out there that have good information, but there's also times where people don't, you know, and I I feel bad saying that, but I know that there's times where, well, my wife will attest to this, I get a lot of writers that have, you know, columns all the time in some of these big magazines that are calling me and saying, you know, I'm a full-time guy, guy, I just need, I need something to write about. And they start, you know, asking me what to write about. And then when they start talking about it, I'm like, man, you're really kind of going down the wrong, you know, that's just, it's information, but it's not necessarily good. So I really don't, I don't, uh, read a whole heck of a lot, but the people that I, that I do like to read about are like, I like to look at the people, the shooters that are actually year long shooters. And, you know, and just like with your commercial, it's not just, you know, it's not just a hobby, you know, it's our, it's our everyday lifestyle. Those are the types of guys that you need to read from, you know, like for example, Randy Ulmer, um, you know, he was totally monumental in, in slapping me straight when it came to being a competitive archer because I had target panic really bad and I was out, you know, shooting tournaments with it. And, you know, and he told me, kid, you're a good shooter, but the only way you're ever going to reach your potential is if you quit punching that trigger, you Mm -hmm. know, just dedicate yourself to getting rid of your target panic and you're going to be all right. See, like Randy is, I mean, he's obviously a very accomplished bow hunter, um, but he was a competitive archer first. And then even like, you know, you look at guys like, you know, well, Christian Berg from Peterson's Bow Hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christian and I are really good friends. We talk a lot. Well, he is like, you know, as he he likes to look at all aspects of archery, not just, you know, 100% hunting. I what, mean, what's he his name again? Christian Berg. Christian Berg, editor of Bow Hunting Magazine. Yeah, editor of Peterson's Bow Hunting. And then Randy Ulmer would be two names. All right, uh, John, we got to take a break. When we come okay. back, we'll talk more because I, I I think that was of an important piece of information because, I mean, there is a lot of stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, there's a lot of people, hey, I'm, and you told me, John, I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get an honest answer there, and All we got right. it. Okay, we come back, we'll talk more with John Dudley, international archer, and we're going to start talking some hunting. Okay. <laughs> he is in Iowa, yeah. after all, right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. As a hunter, we all know that perfect morning. You wake up early before the sun, you have a cup of coffee, grab some snacks, and start towards your stand. You have waited for this morning all year. The wind's perfect, the temperature's just right, and the bucks are in full rut. You sit in the dark, straining your ears for any little noise. 
The sun finally starts to filter through the trees. Then it happens. A doe comes by you on a fast trot. You immediately clip your release to your bow because you know he is coming. You hear a loud grunt and see antlers. It's a buck, a big buck. You stand up trying not to concentrate on the antlers. Your hands are shaking. You can't control the trembling in your knees. You draw the bow back praying the buck continues down the trail. But as big bucks do, he turns. Your heart sinks. You have a decent shot, but not one you're comfortable with. You decide to let him go. Even though you're disappointed, you can't help but think just how cool that was. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel. That's why they started Hunt Life, so we can share our outdoor experiences with each other. If you know this feeling, visit HuntLife.com, because Hunt Life knows it's all about the outdoor experience. Since the first days at Mossy Oak, we've been about getting close to critters. That's what drove us to create Original Breakup more than 12 years ago. Today we're doing it again with all-new Breakup Infinity. Six layers of detail give it great depth of feel. Twelve years of research give it unequaled, effective design. Hey, check it out in stores or online at mossyoak.com. Breakup Infinity from Mossy Oak, America's number one camel pattern, just got better. The first time that we saw combat as a unit, it was more surreal than anything. You're under fire, you're getting blown up. There's definitely adrenaline. There was the explosion, and I remember just opening my eyes, and it got both of my legs. I had surgery after surgery, and I was on a lot of pain medicine. What's going to happen next, and how long am I going to be here? The Wounded Warrior Project dropped off a backpack for me, and it had everything in there that I could possibly have needed at that time. Peer visitors, people who have been where I had been before, said, look, brother, everything's going to be okay. Three months from now, four months from now, a year from now, you'll be fine. That type of thing is an invaluable service. To be honest, I don't know if I would be as well adjusted as I am now if it wasn't for them. To learn more, call 1-877-832-6997 or visit woundedwarriorproject.org. I've been a member of the Federation for 18 years. The Federation stands for good stewardship of the resources and preserving our hunting heritage. Through those efforts, I want my kids to be able to enjoy the same privilege that I have. My father joined the Federation for me, and I've done the same for my children. Jakes, women in the outdoors, and wheeling sportsmen, they want to be the best conservation organization in the world. Outdoor show. And welcome back. We got the whole crew in studio and a special guest via the phone line is John Dudley from Knock On TV, also an accomplished writer. You can read about him in the latest Petersons and also Bone Arrow magazine. And we just talked about a couple names that uh, besides yourself there, John, that, that you would recommend people reading. And one of them is Christian Berg and the other one is Randy Ulmer. Uh, let's talk a little bit about hunting here. And, and Kirk, well, during the break, was looking at a picture of, I guess, a, a blonde bear. Yeah, you, uh, you know, one of your trophies at the, at the bottom of your uh, um, picture gallery is is an incredible blonde bear. I mean, tell us the story about that. I, I for one, hunt an area where we have black bears, and you know, uh, hunting a bear is a totally different type of uh, deal there. Yep. Yeah. Well, and honestly, that bear, uh, if it's the real blonde one, that's the that's actually the first bear I'd ever hunted over bait. I've hunted spot and stock in British Columbia for, I think, 10 or 11 years now. 
and really enjoyed it. But this past, uh, that was actually almost one year ago, um, my wife and I went up bear hunting uh, for kind of like for our, our anniversary. And uh, we just wanted, I said, you know, let's go do something where we can sit together and, you know, we're kind of there for a while and, you know, it's a little bit more laid back. So we went up to hunt, you know, bears over bait with some of our good friends up in Alberta. And uh, and my wife, the night before, shot the, the biggest bear in my house. I mean, you know, she smoked a giant. I don't know if you can see a picture of her with, you know, it looks like a hairy Volkswagen. A <laughs> hairy Volkswagen? Yeah, she had shot that thing. And so we moved locations, and, you know, she was sitting there, and that thing came in, and... And it actually, that came in right behind like a smaller sow, and it was kind of just lingering around. And and I said, oh, my gosh, you got to take that thing. And she just said, no, but, you know, why don't you take that one? And I'm like, okay, that's a big, that's a real big blonde. And she's like, yeah, you, you go ahead. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I didn't, you know, after I said, you know, after I questioned the first time, by the time she said it the second time, I was just like shoving the camera at her you know i'm like okay i'm gonna rock this thing so uh yeah it just came in you know really slow and it actually acted a lot like a like a really mature whitetail it was just every step was so well planned and and uh i mean it was just really creeping in so it was cool to get such good footage of it you know just kind of slithering in and if it would have been black you would have probably never seen it for as slow as it was moving but since it was blonde, it stood out. So, I mean, I shot that thing, and it went like 30 yards and done. And it's, uh, I mean, it's the most beautiful coat I think I've, I've ever felt. But very, year. very pretty animal. And, I mean, to some of the places that you've been hunting, uh, I've seen that uh, on your shows you've been to Africa. And then, boy, I guess it was last night. Uh happened to see that your show was on, and I, I, I turned the TV on, and you're spot and stalk mule deer hunting up in canada i believe and you shot a drop tine in velvet double eye guard mule deer what a, yep. what an animal yep i know yeah it that was that was really really cool uh, there's i mean there's to be honest with you when it comes to to bow hunting and having um an area that is literally a smorgasbord of opportunity for bow hunters texas South Africa and Alberta. I mean, they they just offer so many different types of animals, and and you know whether they're managed perfectly or whether they just there's not enough people up there really hunting them. That you know, it's just there's a lot of opportunities in all three of those spots. And and to be honest with you, I would never be able to afford to you know I would never be able to just afford to go to Africa to hunt. <laughs> you know, luckily. I had, you know, I went over there to work with their national team the first year. So I went over there and worked with their team. And as, you know, when they said, well, what do we need to pay you? I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. I got to get, pay me to get over there. But when it comes to my time, you know, just find me some animals that you, you know, go somewhere and you guys work out whatever you need to work out. So, you know, I went over there and traded working with the team for getting to hunt pretty so, good I mean, deal was, there hey, yeah that sounds like one of us yeah you know? a little barter in there we're big on horse trading around <laughs> mm-hmm. here yeah it's the best way to go there's no doubt yeah man know? so 
it was the it was the same way. Uh, but in Alberta, it's actually just some really good friends that I met um, at a show one time, and they you know they ended up inviting us, you know inviting me up there, and and you're actually allowed to uh, well you're allowed to hunt as a non-resident. You're allowed to go up there every three years and buy. Um, you're allowed to hunt on what's called a hunter's host. So if you have a really good friend up there, they're allowed to take a, an out-of-country hunter once every three years. They're allowed to to take them, and you don't have to go through an outfitter. Uh, so, so so what we need to do, John, with the three of us, we need to get the Alberta phone book and start well, cold calling and get good, some friends. Facebook. Start. Right, Facebook. There you go. Oh, Find you a need friend to go on, on your Facebook. wall and say, uh, we'd like to send an extra special shout-out to all of our birdians up there. And uh, and then everyone that clicks the like button just stalk them. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it's funny that you say that because you know you, you talk about South Africa, Texas, mm. and then Alberta, but then the the people that are in those three provinces countries are going. You know what? I need to meet somebody in Iowa. Yeah, because they have giant whitetails, and here you are, grew up in Mississippi, and then you went to what Illinois, and yep. now you're in Iowa, which is Land of the Giants. I mean, Rick and Julie Cruder, good friend of ours, Rick, uh, is now in Iowa, and obviously uh, the uh, the couple Lee Tiffany. And Tiffany are in Iowa. I mean, holy cow, you guys are having like a, a celebrity hunting party up there in Iowa. What's the deal? Big yeah, deal, right? I, um, yeah, I guess so. I I mean, there there's there's the opportunities here, and for me, it was a couple it was a couple things. One. It was the fact that Iowa offered more tags. And for me, in Wisconsin, see, our season always opened the second week of September. Well, for three years running, I was done within the second day of the season because, you know, I would scout, 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 and I could strike fast within those first couple days. Well, then, you know, then I'm like I would have Minnesota tags and Illinois tags, and I'd apply for Iowa, and I'd have Kansas tags. So once November came around, I mean, I was constantly on the go. I mean, I was, you know, that's, I was always, you know, away from home. So, you know, when we started talking about it, and especially now that my wife and my boy are more serious about bow hunting, it's like, you know, we need to go where, you know, between, we've got six deer tags between my family. You know, we, we can get five five turkey tags between my family right here in, in the state so from just the tag point of view it made sense then when it came to buying land um you know when i looked at land in illinois it one it was more expensive but the taxes were like i mean i'm like well, dang that's the taxes are dang near another land payment yeah well and i mean that seems to be everybody's thing i would get be a uh, resident then you can get the tags, and then you can go other places, but be kind of headquartered in Iowa. John, we yeah. got to take a break. Hang tight. Folks, All right. uh, John Dudley, international archer, hunter, professional hunter, I guess you could say. He's got a TV, knock-on TV show. And uh, we come back, we're going to talk about his second career, modeling. Modeling. <laughs> modeling. Oh, <boy. laughs> right here on the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. <laughs>
As a turkey hunter, we've all been there. You're on your eighth day of hunting the same gobbler, and every morning he's made you look silly. Your kids think you've lost your mind. Your wife's beginning to wonder if you're really turkey hunting. You keep telling yourself this morning will be different. Conditions are perfect. 45 degrees, very little wind, and there is no moon. As you sit in the dark, your eyes get heavy. With your eyes closed, the whippoorwills keep you awake. And just before the sun rises, the familiar song of the cardinal catches your attention because you know it won't be long until the game begins. You've decided this morning to be quiet. Just let him gobble on the roost. Just after daybreak, he does just that. You know it's him because his gobble is way too familiar. It's all you can do not to call back. You hear him fly down, and then you hear the hen start to call. You make one soft call and get the gun ready. First you see a hen, then all you see is a swinging beard. He comes into view, and you fold him up. This morning, you guessed right. What a cool feeling. The folks at Hunt Life, they know how you feel because at Hunt Life, they know it's all about the outdoors experience. Visit them at HuntLife.com. Let fish and wildlife biologist Scotty Brown's 25 years of experience work for your property with Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management. They help landowners on developing and managing properties where recreational fishing and or hunting is the priority. Their lake management services include fish population sampling, electrofishing, water analysis, vegetation establishment or reduction, lake design or renovation, and long-term management strategies for your water body's future. Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management installs and repairs aeration systems, fountains, fish and game feeders, and their own design, Forever Tree Fish Attractors. They're experts in keeping small public water bodies and retention ponds in housing developments and golf courses working properly. So if you're looking to improve your property's aquatic resources, call Scotty Brown at Southern Sportsman Aquatics and Land Management at 214-383-3223. That's 214-383-3223. At Mossy Oak, we take a lot of pleasure from the woods. From sunrises in the spring to sunsets in the fall, whether we're hunting, fishing, or just working on the land, the gifts we receive from the great outdoors never cease to amaze us. We do take a lot of pleasure from the woods, and you know, it only seems right to give a little something back. Mossy Oak. It's not a passion, it's an obsession. to the Hunt Life Outdoor Show. All right, and we're, we're, we don't have a whole lot of time, and we're back with John Dudley in a competitive archer, a writer, TV show uh, host, Knock on TV, folks. He's got a website, knockontv.com. Fantastic website, John. Uh, great job. Thanks. I appreciate it. I actually have to give those kudos to uh, to kind of my, my right-hand man, uh, Antoine. From uh, He's actually, when we talked about France, he was when I said I met two important people. Sharon was obviously the most important, but at that archery tournament, I also met um, my editor Antoine and just uh, you know just a I guess a IT super stud. Well, that, so, you, uh, you gotta have can, one of them. If I can think about it, he can do it. That's a good combination. Well, the TV shows looks great. Uh, have have watched the last three or four episodes. Fantastic in your first season. The website jam up. Uh, he's also folks a model. I kind of teased it there before we went. If you look at Under Armour, their catalogs and and uh, the other website, there's two guys that that's are not the dude doing the push-ups on the rocks and stuff. No, that's it? what. That's not you, right, John? That's Cameron. No, I actually do mine on uh, on Coles. 
Oh, burning coals. coals. <laughs> burning coals. Okay. Yep. So he is he is one of the uh, the models for Under Armour. They use real people that are in archery, uh, and also in the hunting industry. And it's what Cameron Hayes is the other one. Yeah, yeah. Cam, so, yeah, Cam's the guy that uh, he's the ultra marathon maniac. Yeah, he he is a fitness nut now. Well, some of the stuff that he recommends, uh, you know, I, I played professional football for ten years and obviously got a lot of training. Some of the stuff he's recommending, I'm going, that's not good for the knees and back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tried it. one of Cameron's workouts one day, but you know, my wife told me after my fourth day of sucking my thumb and crying, she mm-hmm. said, "Listen, you're not you're not going to do Cam's workout again." Yeah, okay? <laughs> I saw him. I saw him recommending cleaning the 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 power cleans, and I'm going, uh, "No, that's not for people to do." But anyway, it was just my thought there. Uh, the other thing that uh, that you represent, Nikon Optics, which is some of the best optics in the world, uh, and then also Hoyt, you're on their research and development team. Uh, quick question: Have you shot the new bow, the new carbon matrix? I guess it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've been shooting that for two years. I love it. Wow, and it's yeah. what like three point six pounds. I'm not a, like an official yeah. R and D guy, but yeah, certainly Hoyt. There are some select people that Hoyt definitely does a really good job with getting product and making sure that it's it's a hundred percent ready for the market. And I've been fortunate to to uh to have that opportunity and when i saw that matrix i i actually just kind of tackled um my boss from there when he said all right i'm going to show you this thing you got to keep your mouth shut and when i saw it i just tackled him like that thing's freak well it's a it's a beautiful boat and certainly different john thanks for spending the time with us and uh would love to have you on again in the future to talk about some more hunting stuff absolutely well hey also real quick you guys cut me a little short on the who to read about i definitely don't want to leave out joe bell he was actually my next person i was going to say because joe does really do a good job of 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 going through all aspects all right right. hey john thank you buddy all right guys joe bell randy olmer and christian berg recommended reading all good be sure to check out the very latest in the hunt life by logging on to huntlife.com the Hunt Life Outdoor Show is a product of Hunt Life Productions. Copyright 2011.